Hi, welcome back to the Stories at Work, episodes where I've been telling you stories to help you build your story bank. Today's story is from World War II, the date 11th and 12th of November 1940. This is about a battle called the Battle of Toronto. The battle took place before the United States had entered the World War II. In June of uh, 1940, the French had surrendered, leaving the British Empire alone in its fight against Germany, Italy and Japan. The British Empire had troops in, in Egypt and they found it very difficult to resupply these troops through the Mediterranean because of the Italian fleet. The Italians were very sure that their fleet, which was safely, supposedly safely harbored in what was called the Bay of Taranto, was very safe. It was really tucked away in that little heel in the southeast of Italy. If you remember the map, it's like a boot, right? Tucked in the heel was the fleet. And there was also the prevalent belief that this fleet was definitely safe from any attack because if they, a ship came to attack them, they would spot them from far away. If airplanes came, the only way they could fight a fleet is to drop torpedoes. Now, the belief then was that the minimum depth required for any torpedo dropped from an airplane was 98 feet and the Bay of Toronto was only 38 feet, so very safe. But the British had devised ways. What they had done is they had found a way to put a wire on the nose of the torpedo so that just before dropping it, they lifted the wire, then instead of the torpedo doing a deep dive, it would do a belly hop and that would reduce the depth. Also, they had added wooden fins to the torpedo, thereby ensuring it could work in very shallow waters. The British, led by Admiral Cunningham, used a brand new aircraft carrier to do what was then recorded as the first all-carrier airplane attack in the history of uh, any war. Using that one aircraft carrier called HMS Illustrious, on which was 24 vintage biplane, swordfishes. The first swordfish left the deck at about 9 p.m. and about 10.58 it reached the Bay of Toronto. In less than one hour, they completely obliterated more than half the Italian fleet, putting them completely out of commission for more than a year. This news reached many places, one of which was Japan. There was an admiral there called Ishoruku Yamamoto. Ishoruku Yamamoto saw this as an insight. He saw that if a fleet which was supposedly in safe, shallow harbor could be destroyed this way, this is how they could actually bomb Pearl Harbor. And he started making his plan and he wrote his first note in January 1941. He kept refining his plan and then in December 7th, 1941, the Japanese bombed the Pearl Harbor. Using 353 airplanes on six aircraft carriers, the Japanese completely destroyed that fleet, did, uh, destroying over three destroyers, six cruisers, uh, about 188 US aircrafts and killing 2,402 Americans. This would be a great story for seeing how one can take an insight, a news, an information from some source and see how it can be relevant for some challenge that you are working on. But to me, the second half of the story is even more fascinating. The same news of the Battle of Toronto that reached Admiral Yamamoto on this side of the Pacific reached to Admiral Harold Stark, who was the head of the US Navy on the other side of the Pacific. In fact, Admiral Stark got this insight and wrote about it even before Yamamoto did. Within two weeks of the Battle of Toronto, Admiral Stark wrote a note to his, 
his team, his subordinates, and in it, this is what he wrote. He said, by far the most profitable object of a sudden attack in the Hawaiian waters would be the fleet units based in that area. In the memo, he also observed that it might be desirable to place torpedo nets within the harbor itself. Later, in January of 1941, this is before Yamamoto even wrote and submitted his first note, he actually sent a warning to the U.S. government, to his boss, Frank Knox, who was the U.S. Secretary for the Navy. And in it, he wrote that if war finally happens with Japan, it is believed easily possible that hostilities would be initiated by a surprise attack upon the fleet at the naval base at Pearl Harbor. Two opposing armies, two opposing admirals, two opposing points of view on the two sides of the Pacific. Then what happened? While the Japanese went on to create this plan, sharpen it and deliver the blow, the Americans did nothing about it. And why was that? Wasn't Admiral Stark uh, informing people? Of course he did. He wrote those warning memos. But what happened is, in all the day-to-day -day challenges, stuff like which is about protecting and not about in, uh, sort of innovating, usually tends to get lost. The Admiral who was in charge of uh, Pearl Harbor thought that any torpedo would get stuck in the mud. After all, it was a very shallow uh, bay. Also, when you put torpedo nets, there's huge issues of any drills or any ships that has to go in and out of the harbor because you need to take off the nets. And anything like that gets in the way of other important business, uh, in that case, like training uh, the people. Now, where in business can you use the story? Well, there are two areas in you can use the story. One is about how you can take insights from information that happens to some other company, some other industry, and use it yourself. But to me, the more powerful or the more important thing is to know that just insights are not good enough. You need to follow through your insights and bring them into fusion. And it's even more difficult when you are the incumbent, when you are the bigger company. For a startup, you get an insight, you want to fight on it and go and harm someone big. When you are the big guy, insights is the uh, of protection is the more boring insights. And that is something that needs a lot of communication a lot of uh, inspiration, a lot of force. I hope you enjoyed the story. Do let me know.